Hi everyone and welcome to episode 244 of the Mike Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John back here, so. Hello. How are you going, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks to you. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, the usual rush around to get done at work in time to do this, but yeah, not too bad other than that. Um, probably, I'd say I'm a damn sight better than Leeds were on up on Weir side. Yeah, it was... Um... Not a massively entertaining game, probably overall. No, nah, it was poor. The uh, the former sub editor bit of my brain is going weary performance on weir side, and just, hey. we were just it was just very uninspired. Like I don't think we were. I, I don't think I could say we were like awful or anything. It was just we just never looked on it. If it was strike, it was strikingly similar to the Stoke game. For that, just like never really getting out of second gear. The passing wasn't quite there. The pressing wasn't quite there. Yeah, it was all... It, it, it was all at 80%. And against Sunderland, it needs to be at 100% because they were... They were probably... I'd say similar-ish to, to Blackburn in that I thought they... Uh, chose their moments to counter well and probably still didn't create that many chances out of it from open play. Um, no, but I suppose the big difference was that Sunderland looked a damn sight more threatening at set pieces. Yeah, because um, Black- um, Blackburn obviously had a lot of corners in, in that game. Sun- Sunderland had um, probably fewer set pieces that I can think of. But, but way more dangerous. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, we, we have sort of the back-to-back, the the free kick that is nearly an own goal, nearly turned into the back post, nearly an own goal again. That's where that's the one with Strauch's very, very, very good tackle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great clearance to put it out for a corner, which then led to... Which I then uttered the words, right, Leeds, that's your warning. <laughs> and immediately afterwards, Ilan Melier has to make a fantastic diving save to to deny them again. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't get to listen to it until literally a couple of hours before the game when I was working. The uh the all stats that way guys were saying they have the most the most XG from corners of any team in the league, and that was before the Leeds game. And I'm yeah. assuming that it's still the case afterwards. So it shouldn't be a surprise that they were a threat. Um, as for Leeds, because like we'll just get it out of the way. I thought one nil was about right. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a fair win. I thought Sunderland were the better side. I thought we deserved it. Well, what our best? Our, well, our shot that most troubled the goalkeeper. I, I will probably put it was that the free kick in the ninth minute or so, whatever it was. Yeah, there's there's two really decent. There's the Somerville effort from that free kick, which was a really good free kick, try to curl it into far corner from what is really more of a crossing position, and then the one that gets cleared off the line in the last minute from Joe Perot. Yeah, those are like the two, um, and we just didn't really create. Like we'll start with the front four. Like of the starting front four, I thought Somerville was the best of them by a distance, and I don't think he was. Like anywhere near his best. No, and, and he was getting visibly frustrated as as the game wore on as well. And 
I think if you looked at anyone out of that front four, if there, if there was someone who was going to drag us to get something from that game, it was probably going to be him. Probably. Uh, and to be fair to him, I thought Nonto, when he came on, did quite well. Yeah, one you you'd said that uh, during the game, probably with about 15, 20 minutes left, that we you know we weren't beating a man, and it was quite nice to have Nonto come on and was taking on at least try uh, to yeah, and, and quite often succeeding in, in in at least getting past the fullback and and putting a ball in, and and yeah, it didn't always result in something, but um, you, you know, a lot a lot of our goals tend to come from. Someone cutting inside, so it's quite nice to see him stick to. I'm going to not make the fullback, and I'm going to whip a cross in. Um, like the real chance come from a non-toe cross. It actually comes from a bad non-toe cross. Hmm. It's way short, but they defend it badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was quite nice to to, to see that, and it, it offered something a little bit different. Um. You know, I, I don't think Dan James got into it too much. Now, I have to obviously, I for your vision, I we watched this in the pub, so I did have a couple of pints watching it, but I would be hard pressed to remember anything Dan James did. Yeah, there's there's not a lot. The first thing that's coming to I mean, my he's mind, been brilliant this season, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> the first thing that came to mind was, um. I think at one point Archie Gray's defending, trying to defend a cross after he's already been booked, and Dan James sort of sending him away. Like, no, no, I'll, I'll oh, go with him. I do remember that actually. Him like pointing, you get back, I'll go. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's you know it's not great if that's if that's what you're remembered for. Um, and then you're looking at Jorginho, who just wasn't at it. Yeah, there's a couple of times when I think he's a little bit unlucky when, as you said, the pass was was probably a touch behind or, or something, and it just slowed things down. But he he again, very very quiet, just struggled to get into it too much, um, and we and the ball never really stuck with him. Yeah, he just as I said, I just don't think he was quite on it. And Piro, unfortunately, with him, he's not that involved a lot. There's times when he isn't involved. And he, because he was having a poor game and the whole team was, he just wasn't there. Like, it's so weird. The first round of subs, I was, to be honest, saying we should take him off. Because that's at nil-nil and I thought the team might play better. And then when he goes to make subs at one-nil, I'm like, well, you can't take him off because he's his best finisher. And if he gets a chance, he's most likely to take it. It was, um again, it, it, it was a similar story. All over the place, really. Like I say, I thought Nanto did well when he came on. I can't really remember Jade Nantley doing anything when he came on. No, but pretty much everything seemed to go down the right hand side. Yeah. And when, like, when we chucked Joseph and Bamford on late, that was a bit. It was incredibly scrappy then, and I can't really read much into their performances, to be honest. Um, probably the most interesting duel of the game was Jack Clark versus Archie Gray. And for the first, for probably the first time this season, we can say actually Gray got done and just he just got done. Yeah, and, and there's no shame in it against no. Jack Clark, who is having an absolutely fantastic season. Um, well, I mean, the, the... we you can tell I saw it coming because the first thing that I backed was uh, actually Gray to get booked in this game. Once I saw that he was definitely going to be against Clark, the problem was I messed up because I doubled it with Huggins, thinking he'd be on the right against Somerville, and then he played on the left. 
Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the tackle from Archie Gray as soon as he made it, you went, ah, he's not getting away with this one. No, um, I mean, it was a blatant yellow. But Jack Clark just had the beating of him. I thought after the yellow, he stood up to it a bit better. And in the second half, I thought we dealt with Clark a lot better just as a team. But no, Jack, yeah. Jack Clark is a very good player. I mean, I mean, you looked at the numbers for the second half, and I think we were something like sixty-four percent possession, or or around that. It was, it was just a case of, it was all in the defensive and middle third. Yeah, just in front of them, they were letting us. Yeah, pass all around, it, but with no penetration. No, it's it's something we've we've struggled with a, a couple of times this season, and. And at times you, you kind of have to put your hand up and say, you know, it's a, it's a good job from Sunderland. They they defended well when they needed yeah. to. The the counter attack for the goal, which which you know the, there is faults on our end, but when they had the chance to break, they really broke. Yeah. Um, you know they 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 did the job that they absolutely needed to do, and then after that, they they got the numbers back. Yeah. Well, I think it bodes well for Mike Dodds, who you've got to think is. In with a good shot, getting the job permanently, beat West Brom, then beat Leeds. But the, he a good old Dodsy. Well, they haven't really switched formation much this season, and he switched them into a three and changed them around and put Huggins on the other side. But they made a like concerted change to the way that they were playing in order to deal with us, and it worked. Like it worked very well. I thought. Um, I think. Obviously, we've talked about Gray on one side. He just got done. What did you reckon to Spence as a left back? Um, I thought it was fine. Nothing. Again, he got forward a couple of times like that. Sorry if you can hear my cat going mental <laughs> in the background, by the way. I, I think one of the problems for someone like Spence is, is, is possibly being partnered with Somerville, who is less likely to look at the man making the overlapping run and instead he's going to try and make his own way inside. So he, there's probably a couple of times when he makes the run and doesn't get the ball. Um, but, you know, again, they seem to target Archie Gray more with, with Jack Clark, especially in the first half. Um, the same with a few of them, I suppose. There's, there's not a lot I can... I, think I could say particularly poorly. Yeah. I thought he had some really nice moments in the first half going forward. A couple of nice little bits of skill. Second half was a bit quieter, but I thought I thought he did pretty well. Because I'm, I'm assuming that it'll be the same fullbacks against Coventry because we haven't really got anyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in midfield, Ampadu, fine, but I thought Kamara was a little bit off it again. Yeah, you, you maybe. If we had, if we attempted to give him a game off against Coventry, because he does run his ass off every game, and I think he might just be a little bit tired. If if we had the fullback options, I wouldn't mind seeing us go back to to Gray and Ampadu for for a game or two. Um, but because I can't really see him playing Ampadu and Gruev. I mean, he could, but I doubt it. If he was to move Gray into midfield, it'd have to be Ailing and Spence, and I can't see him playing Luke Ailing. No, that's that's the thing. I'm just if you if you're bringing Kamara out of this team, I'm not entirely sure who he puts in. Yeah, you know, to such as 
if he if he was anywhere near fit enough, it could be Shackleton, but nah, it doesn't sound like he will be. I mean, obviously, we haven't had the unless I've missed something, we haven't had the press conference today. I have been at work, so I haven't actually mm. checked because normally it would be the Thursday, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I uh, I never actually <laughs> checked, which normally I would have time to, but I didn't. Um, the only other thing really to talk about then is the centre backs. Um, I thought Roden was fine, but I thought Strauch had a really good game. He was probably if I was picking a Leeds man at match, I think I'd have gone with Strauch. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I think again, very, uh, very astute performance from him. I think I think his reading of the game was was really good. I think he, I think you started to see a bit of frustration out of Joe Roden towards the end of the game, and I don't know if it was him panicking a bit trying to get the ball upfield quicker. Well, but... He played a couple of really poor passes at the end. You could tell he was a bit... Yeah. Um, something I suppose we've done quite well, right? It's talk this far into it and we've not actually discussed the goal. Well, it's because I've done that sort of on purpose. Because, <laughs> because the last one for me to talk about is Ilan Melier. Now, yeah. I thought Ilan Melier had a really good game. Like, he made a couple of good saves, especially that header from the corner. That's a great save. But there's on the goal my my immediate reaction before Bellingham even heads the ball. I shouted at the screen, "Melier, get off your fucking line!" And having watched it back, I'm still I'm not 100 percent sure whether I'm right or not. But I still look at it and think he's very slow to react on that goal. Also, Archie Gray is four yards behind the rest of the defensive line. Yeah, there's. I think the whole thing with it is and and where you can probably take a, a little bit of blame off both of them. There's the header out that goes straight into... Uh, Strauch heads it out and it's Pritchard that sort of... He heads it back in, but it just like it, it just like throws... It, it's not aimed, I don't think. No, I don't, it, he doesn't seem to know a, a whole lot about it other than sees it, just sends it forward again. Yeah. Which, which I can understand why that's caught a couple of people out. Um... Melier probably has to be. If you're being generous, you're saying he's been caught flat-footed. Mm. Um, you know, again, Archie Gray is is very poorly positioned. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can only assume with Gray if I watched it back properly and just focused on him. Because Strauch's headed out across from the right side, I mm. think he Gray is getting round to cover if the cross goes to the back post. Yeah. And then when it's out back in in the space of a second, he has no time to react. But again, it's one of them where maybe a more experienced right back instead of covering. It's probably he overcovers. He goes in too far, and a more experienced right back might only go a yard behind rather than that far. And maybe you can maybe you can react to the ball, or maybe you can play him offside. But I mean. Bellium's in the right position and scores, and that appears to be genetic. So, sorry, apologies. I, I've just spent the last uh, the last thirty seconds thinking about how apps the uh, the song into deep actually describes our performance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were running in circles again. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, it's one of those things where the goal is is preventable. But on the balance, you'd probably say they deserved it. 
Like yeah, it's, a, it, it's a frustrating way to lose a game, but on, on, with the way the performances went, it's it's probably it's probably fair. Yeah, I, I had no complaints about the result. I really do think one nil was about right. I think they they just they created enough to deserve a goal, and I don't think we did. But mm. you know, you, you, it's a it's a long season. You're gonna lose games. Um, where you know, you, it drops. You try telling that to Leicester and Ipswich. Yeah, well, they're gonna lose games. Not many, <laughs> <laughs> but they will. They will. They will lose some games. Um, but yeah, I just don't. I just don't think we're quite at it in this game, and that's a shame. The only, there's only one real more talking point to have in this game. Uh, early in the second half, Leeds clear a corner and Kamara beats the Sunderland players to it, heads it forward. Somerville breaks clear and it's Jack and Jack Clark just pulls him back. He is last man by about five, six yards. Uh, Somerville carries on, cuts inside onto his left foot as a shot straight at the keeper. If he goes down, is it a red card? I I probably stand by by my point that, that I said on the night that I think it it's a touch too high up the field for it to be a red. Like I, I know Somerville's got the pace. Um but to, to me it just felt like it to, to send someone off where I'd have to look back at it. It feels like the, the pull happens sort of level with the edge of the centre circle. I'll tell you what, I've watched it back. Uh, literally just before we got on here. And that's what I was thinking as well. And I've watched it back. And you know what? It's about 10 yards closer to goal than you think. And he's got about three more yards on the other defender than you think. Ooh. Like, it's... it's The way I'd say it is, it's one of them where if he chucks himself over, it's definitely at least a yellow. Hmm. And it's one of them where if it's the opposition, you scream in red card. But if your player gets sent off for it, you're furious. Yeah. You know, it's it is yes, it's a cliche, but it is that orange card thing where you're like, it, either way, I don't think you could have said it's the wrong decision by the ref. It's, Do you know uh, what is the wrong decision? Hmm. If you nothing. give nothing. <laughs> now, if if you don't pull it back and book the player for it, that is the wrong decision, and he didn't. <laughs> I'd I'd be interested to see whether, yeah, it, it, I, I mean, I can't remember now whether the ref. Wave play on for that, or if you just didn't see it at all. I honestly or... aren't sure. Um, I, d- I don't remember seeing him sort of waving it off or anything like that. Um, but yeah, and, and to be fair, it's uh, the the uh, standing up for for Jack Clark. It it's a very smart move. Oh yeah, it's, it's good. It's good defending. That's exactly what you want. Because I think on, I think on the most part, he probably get gets the pull in on the blind side. Mm. Um, it gets him back into position. Um, to basically playing at left back. By the time Somerville cuts inside, um, and yeah, he's, like you say, that it's it's very frustrating that nothing came of it, but. The dark, it's the dark arts of defending, I suppose, isn't it? Well, I mean, slightly earlier, I think it is in the move that leads to their goal. Uh, their player just runs off and Pirillo chases him back a little bit and then stops. But as they're breaking through, 
he also goes through the middle of our two midfielders, neither of whom won the booking at the time, and they could have just grabbed him and that's end the move. Yeah. You do think you you do need a little bit of that. There's nothing wrong with taking the if he yellow card. Yeah. I'm trying to think of so no Ampadu did get Ampadu was already on a yellow, but the two that he ran through, if I remember rightly, were Kamara and someone who wasn't Ampadu, but I can't actually remember. Yeah. Because the Ampadu one is uh, is becoming that the classic. I'm gonna just haul you to the floor and then turn around and appeal. Yeah, well, in fact, he probably should have got booked like one earlier than he did. He had like five or six fouls. <laughs> yeah, but you know, we it's a good win for it's a good win for Sunderland. It's a deserved win for Sunderland. Uh, text that keeps Fedman sixth. We're now we have now dropped just below the two points a game, so we are therefore shit. Uh, it's all over. Yeah, 10 points behind it, so it's 11 behind Leicester. But we are still eight points clear of seventh, so we're still in a pretty good spot. There is one little bit of news before going on to the Coventry game. Uh, isn't going to affect me because I'm not going, but Peterborough have given us 4,000 tickets for the away tie in the FA Cup, which, considering the stadium holds about 15,500... It's very generous. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a fairly big FA Cup tie. I'm assuming that it's sold well anyway. I doubt that they're needing us to fill the ground for this. Unless no one's going to watch Peterborough now. In which case, it's just down the county seeing some money. And, you know, fair enough, really. Are we are we still in the middle of Grant McCann's sixth spell in charge or something? Or uh, where, are, well, where are we with Peterborough managers? Well, it depends. It's either him or it's Darren Ferguson. Because that's how it works. <laughs> And they say never go back. Uh, they, they never say never go back. It is Darren Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> it's just one of... That's just one of them things where... Have their last seven managers been those two people? Because I really think it is that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on to better managers. Coventry's manager is Mark Robbins, and he's a good manager. Um, they're 14th, but they have won three of the last six, and the only one they lost was away at Ipswich. Hmm. Which is, you know, that's pretty decent going. Like the, the Drew is still won 3-0 at Millwall, beat Plymouth, lost to Ipswich, beat Birmingham 2-0, and then got a very good one-all draw against Southampton uh, last night. Um, I was looking through their squad just briefly. Don't know much about the keepers. Um, Jake Bidwell at left back has been a good championship left back for a long time. Um, and alongside him playing left centre back is uh, a player that was a little bit unlucky at Leeds and never really got a shot, but Liam Kitching. Yeah, sorry. I just I accidentally clicked on their website instead of Wikipedia and it opened up and I was like, God, their player's very young. Oh, it's the mascot package. Never mind. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's, he's playing all the kids. Yeah. Not, uh, Liam Kitchen's a good player. Obviously, he, he got let go by Leeds, but he went. Did he go? To, did he go to, like Harrogate in the National League and then up to Forest Green and then up to Barnsley? Yeah. Now here. He's basically done well at every level he's got and worked his way back. But people did rate him while he was at Leeds. I didn't see enough to really know. He's clearly done well for himself. Uh, 
I have no idea if the right back Milan Van Uick is any good, but his name's Milan Van Uick. So he should be. Uh, Jamie Allen and Ben Sheaf will be midfield too, you would have thought. Uh, Jamie Allen was the one that came for Rochdale and played for Burton, who I sort of half kept an eye on because my mate's a Rochdale fan and he always used to tell me that he's really good. So you mm. just <laughs> it just sort of goes in a little bit. And uh, Ben Sheaf was the one that was at Arsenal when he was young. Um, and he's basically been ever present from for like three years now at this point. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good player. Um but the strength looking just at a glance at the squad is the forward options. They'll play they normally play four two three one, but they played with a two against Southampton. Uh and basically for those like forward the wide and forward slots, you've got Matt Godden who scored a few, Ellis Sims who appeared like eight million to get from Everton. And he's a good like Callum O'Hare's good and uh had you right the USA forward who scored yeah. a last World Cup. Um if I remember rightly, Hadji Wright's a right big bastard, isn't he? He yeah, he's uh 193 centimetres. Wow. <laughs> Amazing just... you have off your head, you didn't Google it. <laughs> Wasn't on Coventry's website at all. Very detailed no, but... is uh is Coventry's website actually for player profiles. Keep up the good work, lads. But yeah, like they've they've got plenty of good players. They've got uh, like ones that I didn't mention because they're probably not going to start based on recent say, but Casey Palmer's a good midfielder. They've got Jay De Silva as well. Um it looks it looks like a squad that I'd think could probably do a touch better than 14th by the end of the season. Yeah. I mean obviously they they're kind of they kind of struggled with having their best season in it's. I don't think it's how it's unfair to say decades. Yeah, because it's at least two. Um, and then they've and then they've lost some of their best players. Yeah, they did lose a few. The, the only other one that's probably worth mentioning, I, uh, I didn't actually realise they'd signed him off Swansea in the summer. Uh, that Joel Latabodia that came for Man City hmm. played for England all the way up. But he plays for Jamaica now. He's he's quite a good player as well. But no, they're um, they're not they're not as strong as they were last season. But they, uh, I think that they're probably marginally better than their position suggests. Um, I was trying, I was trying to remember who else they lost. They it is only the two really, but they're the two biggest ones out there because uh, Gustavo Hammer went to Sheffield United and Victor Gierkeresh went to Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. And if you lose your best midfielder and your best striker, I'd, I'd like to say that the, the route from uh, Coventry to the route from Coventry I to I don't know what's so weird. <laughs> the route from uh, Coventry to Portugal is is the route less travelled, but um, I saw some of those early two thousand signings in Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think if there is one off the top of my head that I don't know of, but I don't think that there is. I don't know. It's just popped into my head though that apparently that there was the rumor going around that Inter Milan were interested in Gary Breen, which it's the move I always wanted. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm trying. They did have an Irish kid, didn't they? At centre back, 
Um, and he was being linked everywhere because he was like he was like captain of their Primavera squad or something. It was an Irish lad. It was weird. Mm. Um, but no, that squad will be pretty solid. It lives before two, three, one, or four, four, two. The fact that they went with a two against Southampton makes me think that they might do against us as well to try and disrupt us a bit. Do you think that we'll change anything? I I could actually... I genuinely would not mind him throwing Nonto in for this one, as much as I'm loath to change the wingers with how good they've been at home. I think... There's part of me thinks that it would be good for the squad as a whole if a good sub-appearance was rewarded. Yeah, I, but I, I think... If he, do, if he doesn't, I'm also fine with that as well. And also, it's it's probably not the worst thing in the world for... Either James or Somerville to have a resting. When you're watching Somerville actively get as frustrated as that, and a, and a, you know to the point where you're sort of flailing your arms, and I don't think he was particularly shouting at anyone. I think he was just generally getting annoyed. Um, well, no, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just yelling near you. <laughs> um, you know, he just. It, it, maybe yeah, if if one of them two sits out and, and Nonto comes in, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be the worst thing. Um, we've not really changed out of the formation, have we? Uh, not other than mid game, uh, like we've. I mean, we did it in the game against Sunderland, where we go to that three with Archie Gray at right centre back and basically put as wingers at wing back and have two up front and just go for it. We haven't had anything... Uh, Jesus Christ, cat. <laughs> um, yeah, other than other than that, I don't really know. I, I can't see it being anything like that as a change. No. You, I don't, I don't, you, I'll tell you what I could see, actually, given the performances in the last game. I could see, if Nonto comes in, it being for Pirel and Somerville plays 10. Hmm. I'll be, I still don't uh, think he'll do that. I think he'll stick with it. No, I mean, I, I think realistically, the only changes you can make are, are to the front four. You know, we've said earlier, I'd be very surprised if he plays Gruev and Ampadu in midfield mm. together. Um, he's not going to bring Liam Cooper in. We don't have any fullbacks to bring in apart from Luke Ayling, and he's not going to start having been struggling to make the bench over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, so if, if there is anyone coming in, you're probably looking at um, Anthony Nonto, Bamford. Yeah. Probably. Th- and I'm not saying all three will. Uh, I'd still be surprised if Bamford started. Yeah. No, I mean, oh, if, if, if it was what do you bet it will be, I would say unchanged. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, <laughs> to be honest. I, with the way... With the way Jorginho has been playing recently, and I know he, and I know he still came away with an assist in the Blackburn game, but I mean, had a couple of a couple of quiet games where he's and probably himself. He had a few knocks as well over the last few games. Yeah, you know, it might be good. For, it might not be the worst thing in the world to to have Bamford on for an hour. Um, it might not be, but as someone who's going to the game and he's my favourite player to watch, maybe in the world, <laughs> I, I, can we just play him for, so, I, so I'm entertained? <laughs> if Pat scores and just stares up at you, are you not entertained? 
<laughs> yeah, but I'd be more entertained if Rutter was there as well. <laughs> she got all right, posh boy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be a toughish one again. I've had, I have had uh, things in uh, Connie's two 0 win, Alex's three one win. Um, we have now messed one up, so I am now free to go for wins again, and I am going to. I think we're going to win this, and. In fact, they, they will score, so I'm going to say 3-1 leads. Uh, I'm going to go for the bet. You were very briefly considering that, and I'm going to go 3-0 leads. That is, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. And then I, and then I thought about their their forwards. And even though we are much better defensively this year, I thought, no, actually, I do fancy them to get one. Like they've not scored a lot of goals, but my God, they're big. Yeah. yeah. And that had you right from the corner sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> In fact, or Liam Kitchen. Um, Kyle McFadzian. Well, he is there. Yeah. I didn't mention him because he's about 50. But he is tall. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, he's about, about, got the same, about the same average age as Middlesbrough's back line, the famously old defence yeah. that they have. But no, um, it's a game that we should win. Like, I don't know exactly how short a price will be but it'll be I, I, I bet we're like two to five or something right yeah. we'll be we'll be plenty short enough for this game probably too short for us to be worth backing as i just went on there i think union san galois were beating liverpool uh <laughs> which is weird um let's have a look uh one to two so the sunderland result has scared them a bit they're, they're a little le- a bit less bullish on us than they have been le- recently um, but yeah, it's a game that if we play sort of if you, if we're 90% there, we should win this game. Yeah, I think so. Well, uh, was the, the, the last game Blackburn game, I like picked out which players I thought would be most effective, and I was really right against Sunderland. I went for Perot, which couldn't have been much more wrong. Uh, so like I'm just looking through theirs now. How old is Jake Bidwell now? Because uh, if it his legs won't won't be anywhere near where they were, hmm. so I would probably look at that and say Dan James versus Bidwell will lead to several chances. Some of them for James, some of them for others. But I think that's where we're going to get in in this game. Yeah, I mean, and again, if it was not so. I'd still probably same, same, same thing. Goal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just not quite as fast. Yeah. That's it. I think if Nonto does come in, I think it's him on the left, Somerville 10, James right anyway. So that, that's what I'd go for. I could go for that. Yeah. Well, that will do us for episode 244. I don't know which day we'll be back next week. Probably Tuesday, but can't be sure. Um, but that will do us. So I've been Jack. See ya. I mean, Casey, have a good one. In a bit.